Hello, and welcome to Phoenix Talks, where we get academics and cinephiles to chat with us about past, current, and upcoming films. My name is Becky Jones, and here today we have Matthew Jones, James Russell, Kieran Foster, Harry Abbott, Stuart Peters, and James Hickley, all from the Cinema and Television History Department at DeMontfort University, to talk to us about Star Wars and The Last Jedi. Hi, I'm Kieran. I'm a third-year PhD student at DeMontfort University. Hi, I'm Harry. I'm a third-year film student at DMU. Hi, I'm Stuart. I'm MA International Film Production student and also work at Phoenix Cinema. I'm Jim Russell. I'm uh, Associate Dean here at DMU and I'm part of the Film Studies teaching team. Hi, I'm James Hickling. I'm just about to round up a Masters by Research in Film Studies. And I'm Becky Jones, working on a PhD in the Film Department as well. So thank you, gentlemen, for being with us here today, talking Star Wars. Cool. Um, so kind of kicking it off, why do you all believe that Star Wars has been the success that it is, that it's still running after all this time? I mean, there's, there's things that are innate to the text. So there are, there are things that George Lucas did from the start that have always been there in Star Wars that I think gave it a kind of richness that has engaged people. And they've been written about at great length, things like the hero's journey and stuff like that. What I would say about Star Wars is, from the start, it was a very, and, and in the very first film, it was a very sort of populated feeling universe. For all the fact it's constructed out of various different genre elements, and really feels like a genre mashup at times of kind of Western, Kurosawa, 40s kind of B-movies and serials and things like that. It, it felt odd and unusual, the first Star Wars film, for, for how much the universe it was set in felt kind of populated and complete, and it sprawled beyond the boundaries of the screen, really. Uh, I, I think Lucas did say at one point that he wanted there to be this sense that there was a sort of story behind everyone, that there was this wider universe going on. Um, and that gives the text a kind of richness that I think we're quite used to now, but was relatively unusual for this kind of very mainstream science fiction film. You know, almost every environment feels rich, every bit of storytelling references things that had happened or were going to happen. Even episode four is a kind of joke. Right, mm. the suggestion that there were previous episodes, you don't know what happened in them. Yeah. We're just throwing, and Lucas used to be a fairly avant-garde filmmaker, but those sort of avant-garde elements give the, the text a sort of denseness that is very pleasurable to explore. Right, I think mm. for me, that, that's always been the key selling point of Star Wars. I know there's lots about the story and the universe and the characters, uh, and I think there's more you could say about how it's been kept alive over the years in different forms for different generations. I think Lucas has been very for all the fact he's often dis disliked by Star Wars fans, <laughs> he, he was, his timing was great. Even if the films weren't always great, yeah. his timing was great. And so Star Wars is really, you know, it's as big a thing, if not big, for my kids as it was for me when I was a kid. And I never anticipated that. Mm. You know, it, it's, it's both the richness of the text, which I could, I could talk about infinitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I have to some people around this room in, on courses and other things. Um, and this, this great sense of keeping it alive as a sort of media property. Yeah, I mean, my thing about it is, is how I there is the rich, richness of it, is the fact that everything um, seems to be something that you want to know more about, you know, and there's a lot of films that are like that now, obviously, um, but I don't think there was anything, it was peerless at the time, uh, and they've managed to preserve this mystery, you know, like, um, if you, I remember, <laughs> I know we're going to talk about extracurricular stuff in a bit, but um, remember there was these um, Young Jedi cards, they were called, when Star Wars Episode One came out, which was my generation of Star Wars. And um, they got shut down by direct order from Lucasfilm for making up entire, like, massive back catalogues for single characters that were in, like, two frames. 
they appear in the back and everyone's like, oh, what does that guy do? Are they a bounty hunter? Are they a so-and-so? And I just think it's got this kind of innocent but not innocent uh, mm. mystery about it, which is really alluring and uh, is preserved in the new film, I think, as well. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I agree. I think, um, again, just to agree with Jim, like, there's references, even like like the New Hope thing is obviously the serialised thing, but also like it seems weird now because we've had so much film and media about it, but when Leia kind of offhandedly mentions the Clone Wars in R2-D2's little mm. thing, and it's like that, it's like, you're like, what? <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a great film as well. Like, what's that? Like, uh, all these, and I know, obviously, weirdly now, that all those kind of cracks have been papered over with, uh, you know, like the prequel films, the multiple TV series which have covered that thing. But just, they still hold a kind of, like, watching that film, you do get the sense that you are, it is a, like, a, a much bigger canvas that, 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 that is available and I think I mean I've never had much experience with the expanded universe but I think that has obviously played a part in it as well in terms of when there was this near two decade gap between the movies the fact that the novels and comics and things like that and video games I, my, one of my first Star Wars like things when I became obsessed with Star Wars was playing Star Wars Battlefronts the first mm-hmm. one on Playstation 2 just, just losing still got that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah just losing just hours <laughs> losing hours to it with my cousin just fighting and playing and things and I saw all the prequel films but I was never huge on mm. Star Wars as a kid uh, but that so there's, there's so many different ways you can also get into it as well I think there's not just the movies I think there's so many different inputs in a way like through like it can be osmosis through other people yeah. or through just different media types so I think the fact it's such an expanded universe now means that there's always like a way to yeah. kind of latch onto the Star Wars universe I think it's such a simple thing to get into like it, it's, it's a simple sort of like good versus bad light versus dark situation and it's, it's, it's sort of easy to pick up um, and it's that whole thing of sort of like easy to learn hard to master sort of thing yeah. but you can you can read into it more if you want to um, and I think with newer generations um, you've got the because I always have this perception of kids of sort of like they don't like the old ones because they don't look good you know that whole sort of thing of like they don't like old games because they don't like the graphics mm. yeah um, but you've got the you've got the sort of like Star Wars Rebels TV series that was on Disney XD when obviously when Disney took over um, and that's such a like good way to sort of introduce them to the older episodes in that sort of a family friendly yeah. way almost um, so yeah that was. I think it, that's why it's kind of ideal for Disney's kind of business model almost you know as this synergy that Lucas is already created that like the film with the comics books toys whatever that like now disney have it it's just a property that's fits their kind of mold that that walt built himself and they've expanded from that and not just that but like it's the fact that it's just nostalgic for everybody like i think jim touched on it like the timing of each one it's three generations it's covered now pretty much i grew up towards the end first one i saw was episode three so I was towards the end of the, the second generation of it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, I saw A New Hope in cinemas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I was thinking, how old I feel? I, yeah, I didn't even go to the cinema for it. I got a dodgy, like, backhanded copy of it, of the third one. And then went back and watched, I went three, four, five, six, and then the prequel, the rest of the prequels. Uh, um, but it's, it, it's the fact that, like, like, nostalgia plays a huge part into it now, so that that people that were fans when they were younger can take their kids, can take their grandkids now, and that there's that many, there's that big of an age like that it, it appeals to, that mm-hmm. almost anybody can go and watch them. It also gives, it, there is something about it, I mean, it, it's not just the, it's permeation, there's something about it. it it's, it's strange that 
if you walk like in the summer, you'll see people wearing sports t-shirts and Star Wars t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's that level of permeation. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not niche. It's not cult. Nope. It's not. It's not particularly nerdy. It's very, it's very mainstream, and it, it it clearly connects with a whole group of people, yeah. right? Uh, um, just this massive group of people. So there's something innate within the text as well. I think it's much harder to pin down. Yeah. What it what it is about Star Wars? I mean, yeah, it's the fact that people like dress like that. Even not just t-shirts. Like at the premiere, like last week yeah. for for this, like you see everybody dressed up in costume and thing, mm-hmm. and nobody frowns upon it anymore. I think it's weird. No. It's just kind of or not so much. Yeah, like, like a stormtrooper walking around. You're the like, same people have dressed up three years in a row now for Star Wars at Phoenix. <laughs> Never gets old. And I Kylo, know Kylo and Leia. I know <laughs> who they are. It never gets old. And yeah. it, 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 it's not the, like it does the thing. Like everybody just kind of adheres to it like a Star Wars nostalgia or, or toys or anything like mm. for years now I, yeah. I think the permeation is going to be interesting with the Disney thing because as you mentioned like, there seems to be this kind of model of a film per year yeah. suggests to me more of a Marvel yeah. model of a shared universe and crossing over and yeah. things like that but is that necessarily a bad thing? Absolutely not. No, it's just a more interesting. I mean, thing, I, I, I don't know if it will be, especially after this one, in terms of the story and where the 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 like the main story is going to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in terms of finance and money for Disney. If it continues to churn out, they're not going to stop. No. It's the same with DC. Like, yeah, we know the DC films suck. <laughs> you did make that but, sound like a threat. <laughs> but but are they are they going to stop producing them? Because if they continue to make billions, probably yeah. not. I don't think Star Wars is going to stop after nine. No, no, no. Get I think they've said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's doing his own. Yeah, yeah. Johnson. Yeah. I just for me, Star Wars was always being a little kid, and it was always a family thing. Like we'd all get together. My da- my dad was a huge huge fan for it. Like he's got the figures and everything. So for me, it's that nostalgia of like my childhood of growing up and watching this stuff. And obviously, I'm a big like really into swords. So having like laser sword fights, like, this is so cool. And the Ewoks, because I was a little kid, and who doesn't love little teddy bears that fight back? It's <laughs> it's great. It's classic stuff. And. I think a lot of that, it also goes into it, like you were saying, it's just, yeah. it's safe for any generation, it, it's a bonding experience well, where you can kind of hand it down and hand yeah. it down. Well, Star Wars is arguably one of the first blockbuster films to kind of fit that category that nowadays, there's that many that, that we would argue are blockbuster films every, every year, through yeah. the summer, like technically Star Wars is adhering away from that now, because when it's Christmas now, we know it's Christmas, whereas you'd arguably say the best time for a blockbuster is summer. Yeah. Well, it would be interesting to test that because Han Solo is the first one that comes out. Mm-hmm. In, in May. It looks like they're yeah. in May, so they're switching. I mean, I would also say with Star Wars, there's something about the fairy tale structure that is about a kid growing up. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, and it, that, that, although he's a whiny, kind of annoying kid, and we've reached the end of that story. <laughs> now, but um, it, at least initially, it had that very fairy tale type structure of a kid growing up. And then I think I'd also say with science fiction, it's a very different world to a lot of science fiction. Mm. It's very different from like Star Trek, as the yes. other big star-based <laughs> franchise. <laughs> yeah. Star well, you know, Star Trek is is more slightly more hard science fiction, mm-hmm. and it's about exploring planets and stuff like that. It's more talking. Yeah, yes. and there's like, the, yeah. Star Wars is just it's just um, stuff blowing up, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's much more adventure. Yeah. I always think the the Star Wars universe is a very American kind of setting. Mm. You know, it's polyphonous. So lots of different ethnic groups competing all the time mm. in this sort of frontier-type environment. So it's it's a rich imaginative terrain mm. as well. Whereas Star Trek is much more like about empire, basically. You know, yeah. and a lot of science fiction is about empire. Yeah, this is about this largely undisciplined 
sort of universe where loads of stuff's happening all the time and mm -hmm. you get these snapshots of it. Yeah. And that, that's what I mean about it being rich and appealing. But its political structure is yeah. remarkably like polyphonous and yeah. diverse and there's all sorts of different groups, all different ethnic groups, different races, different species, all, all with their different kind of mm -hmm. things going on. That, that's a really interesting environment to then tell this quite straight yeah. fairy tale type story you know yeah which which goes into my next question with all of these with the new installments since disney picked it up deliberately trying to incorporate more diversity in the characters and specifically through the casting do you think it's improved lessened or not really changed the star wars universe i mean i think it's um for me anyway improved it i mm. think um you know because they came out um with the posters and all of that and so, you know god forbid there's a woman <laughs> as the main character uh, and i thought that, that was Really refreshing. I mean, in the in terms of the new movie, I think she was, in my opinion, by far the best character in the story. Ray was, uh, and I thought she was great. And um, I, yeah, I think there's you could tell, especially in the Last Jedi, that they were really pushing the um, envelope really for the multi ethnicity and stuff. There was you know a lot of um, ethnic minorities and stuff. And yeah, I, I think that it has improved it I think and, and there's lots more voices and it's just trying to include more people I don't think that can ever really be a bad thing I mean I, I don't think that's where the magic ever came from from the original Star Wars it wasn't necessarily about one uh, race or so being shown more than others I think that the genius of it for me was that it was about everybody you know mm -hmm. and, and I think that's one of the many reasons why it works as I said the new stuff is handling that really well actually I don't I, yeah yeah I don't think that's just a Disney I don't think no. deserve, I don't think that's like a Disney forcing it on anyone I think that's just how how it should be yes. for a yeah. lot for, for, for you know yeah. particularly now I think um, that was JJ Abrams main mm. um, innovation I think that people will say that the plot is very similar to A New Hope but what he actually did with these characters not necessarily just in terms of uh, race or gender but in terms of um, by putting them front and centre of a story like a, a stormtrooper is one of the main characters mm. that's an you know and he does lots of innovative stuff within the character relationships the characters who he's, he's casting the entire casting process was an open casting call like mm. it's uh, it was a really interesting way to go he, he knew star wars had the name that it was not going to have to rely on a star he was not going to have to have tom cruise in star wars like that <laughs> is not a necessarily you know he doesn't have to do that so he took this opportunity they didn't he, he knew he didn't have to do that he knew he had the choice of of casting uh, a, a group of people who were reflective of actual people uh and did that and also was not just innovative in that sense but in the characters that he actually chose to portray as well so i, I i'd hesitate to say that's just since Disney boy, you'd hope that no matter who was in charge, that, that yeah. would be. A I think it's quite, you know, if you think that thematically, Star Wars has always been about diverse groups of people. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. very much within in keeping with how Star Wars sort of could be, but largely speaking, about white people. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, actually, the early films all about white people. And Samuel L. Jackson rocks up in the prequels mm -hmm. in a fairly tokenistic role. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, obviously there was this sort of issue around representation. But it, it, fair play to Abrams, they did tackle it head on. And, and there's some brilliant casting decisions. If you look at the sort of pre-production stuff for Force Awakens, initially those characters are imagined very much as like two white teens. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is imagined as a kind of Twilight type thing. <coughs> well. yeah. And what's interesting is, it's particularly the casting of John Boyega. You know, that he's someone who immediately makes sense when he's on screen, but... Um, <laughs> 
from coming from Attack the Block. Yeah, which is a great film. Yeah, which is a great film. But you know, he he brings a very different kind of screen presence. It's a genius bit of casting. It's very yeah, funny, yeah. very charismatic. Yeah. Um, and you know, Ray is very good at uh, Daisy yeah. Ridley. But but it's it's that bit of casting in particular that. And, and even if you watch, do you remember the trailer? Everyone saw that trailer. The first shot is his face. Jumping yeah. up in the like, desert. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, it, it, on the one hand, it is a political statement. And I think, but I think it's very much within the sort of internal dynamic of the Star Wars films. It was just a really smart decision to actually go there. I completely agree, yeah. yeah. And for American audiences, they were unknowns because most yeah. Americans have not seen Attack the Block. Same and here, so, yeah. so many English actors were brought in when J.J. Yeah. Abrams rebooted yeah. it, and they're still in it to the point where most of the First Order is white and English. Um, That's very much a sort of standard thing in Star Wars. That is, and, yes. and more generally in sort of yeah. historical yeah. epics. That's, that's like sort that. of white carrying British. over that tradition, but you can see the sort of resistance is somehow actually shifting from its usual response of just being like white Americans fighting the white English We've now got a multiracial cast, more women than you can count on two hands, um, like at least five speaking female parts this time. So it's gotten even better than Rogue One or Force Awakens. So like, it's definitely stepping up its game. The entire chain of command in the Resistance I noticed was female. Like the whole, like there was Leia, Leia's uh, the right hand person and then the um, Laura Dern's character. Yeah. It's completely opposite of both because then all the, um, first order are all men. That's yeah. it. And then you have Poe Dameron. Yeah, Poe Dameron, the guy <laughs> running around being like, oh, do, I, I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Turns he's, out he's, he's absolutely incorrect yeah. to do it. So it's like, just leave him yeah. to it. He's the irrational character yeah. within it, and his story arc is to learn this process. Who usually right. we should be going, who should be proven right all along. He knew yeah. exactly what he was exactly. doing. And it turns out there's a bit where like, he's just like, no, I was gone for like two minutes and you nearly caused a yeah. completely irrational cue. Yeah. Well, like, there's a really subversive element yeah. to that. Yeah. Actually, it was really interesting. There was a line in it. I think, I think Laura Dern said it. It's like, there's like a time not to be a hero yeah. sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it's, you've got to think about everyone else, mm. not just mm -hmm. you sort of like bigging yourself up. Yeah. And both of them did a really good job, both Leia and her, of, of showing the hurt mm. of being in command, of being yeah. that leader, where exactly. Poe's kind of just like, I'm the hero, yeah. and not really thinking about the cost. It's just headstrong. He sees, yeah, he sees the just, outcome. Yeah. We bombed yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah. the, the leaders are the ones who see the cost. Yes. And yes. it's just like, you lost yeah. our entire yeah. This and Rogue One, for the first time ever, started making me properly wince when an X-Wing blows up. Like, that's yeah. always been a yeah. Star Wars thing, where you have a guy going, oh, he's right on my tail. And then you see the explosion in yeah. space, and you're like, and that's always happened, that's happened since New York. And this film in particular, with the bomber stuff, I was like, oh, this is, this is yeah. grim. And you see him disappearing on the screen that Leia's looking at. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the first like, times I was noticeably like- You're counting the cards. Yeah, yeah, of these yeah. unnamed, unknown characters. Yeah. Um, and I think that line about not being a hero mm -hmm. from Laura Dern also ties very neatly into Luke's whole arc as well. So yeah. it's like, yeah. here is the film's theme. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting how unified they are in yeah. the new one. You know, it really feels like it, they're quite complex, it's got a lot to say, it all fits together, what yeah. happens at one level happens at another level, all these little bits and bobs, sometimes it's the really quirky story decisions they make, yeah. they, they, they do yeah. still ultimately, the more you think about it, the more you think, oh yeah, so that man, yeah. uh, at the end, yeah. and in the end it's just they just just a handful of them escape, right? yeah, that's yeah. it. Right, and that goes back to the start, and like, it's really, it's really, yeah. I, it's thematically sound. Luke's whole story, like I've saw, I've seen it twice. I saw it at a midnight screening. Yeah, I think Stu yeah. was out too. Yeah. And I've been to like a Christmas dinner before. I had a, you know a few drinks on board. I was really giddy <laughs> for it, looking forward to it. And I walked out, not not underwhelmed or disappointed, but I was like, 
oh, Luke's story didn't go how I, I thought it was going to yeah, go. Exactly. Like, Definitely. in my own head, I wanted him to start pulling Star Destroyers out of the yeah. sky in a huge yeah. return. Despite, early in the film, he goes, this is not going to happen. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to turn up with a laser sword and fight the first order. I loved that they used the word laser. Yeah, 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 yeah awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I was no, like, right back oh. from a new hope. Yeah, I was like, oh no, he's not going to do that. He's yeah. literally just said yeah. it. And then, so the end, all, the whole ending was quite an interesting one for me. I was like, this is not, is this expectation or or um, anticipation that's ruined it. Now when I watch it a second time, like Jim says, it all holds up so yeah. solidly, just how the twist is done and it all, it's all brilliant. Technically it foreshadows it from the trailers because Luke actually says in that, it's not going to go the way it's, you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Technically. It certainly didn't, yeah. I, and I think that's what this whole uh, Revive series has been about really. It's been about, you know, in uh, Force Awakens it was like, you know, that massive victory that happened where, you know, the Empire was destroyed. It didn't happen. Never, you know, we're, we're back where we were. Yeah. And it's, I like the idea that they're kind of shattering everybody's experiences of what they thought Star Wars was going to be. And I think a lot of the outrage that a lot of people are seeing online, very vitriolic some of it. About Last Jedi. Uh, yeah, about Last Jedi is, you know, not justified, but you can see how people have come to the conclusion that they, you know, they figured out that that was the way it was going to go. Uh, the thing with Ray's parents, mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah. I thought that yeah, was genuinely definitely. like actually really they good. Know. You know, yeah. Yeah. They it, just, it just no shuts down everybody's opinion. Like, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think, yeah. I think that's the one thing that Ryan Johnson's done that's brilliant. And I mentioned this before. Is he's answered every question that JJ set up in the seventh. Yeah. And yeah. If you think with four, five, and six all the questions that are brought up with New Hope yeah. uh, hanging through, that's mm. what a typical trilogy does. Like the, mm. the, the fifth one still leaves those questions in the balance yeah. and they're answered in six. Yeah. And what Ryan Johnson's done brilliantly is come on board, made this film, answered every single question, and gone, here you are, like here's nine, do whatever the yeah, hell yeah, you want yeah. with yeah. nine. It, it really feels like it sets up now uh, uh, the possibility of all sorts of stuff happening. Whereas I, yeah. I kind of felt like The Force Awakens closed stuff down as mm. you watched it. You know, I, I didn't mind it, but I remember being really disappointed after the first. Oh, watch it. Um, yeah, 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 terribly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm really annoyed by it. Uh, <laughs> and I do feel, for me, and I kind of grew to think it's a very entertaining film. It wasn't what I wanted the film to be, but it was a very entertaining yeah. film. Um, but it felt for me like someone was going through Ryan Johnson obviously was going through a list of things yeah. that had annoyed me about the force of weeks, just crossing them off yeah. Yeah. stupid pointless mystery about Ray's parentage you see a Skywalker gone yeah. uh, <laughs> Snoke when you talk about it shutting or, or, or you know changing the nature of what it could be there's this moment halfway through where it just unexpectedly starts to bring these conclusions in. Mm -hmm. yeah, I really yeah. wasn't, from the, really from the bit in the cave onwards, I wasn't expecting it to just so directly start yeah. shutting down story yeah. options. Because for the first half, it's, it is a sort of slight rehash of Empire Strikes Back. And yeah, it has yeah. that similar structure. And then it just starts to make slightly bolder story choices. Yeah. right? Yeah. And I wasn't aware of it at the time. But there's this sudden feeling of, actually, I don't know where this is going to go now. I really don't. Yeah. It could be that Ray is bad. It yeah. could be that Finn yeah. is yeah. good. Definitely. Oh, that's really happened. That, and then, oh, no, it's... And I felt genuinely Same. surprised yeah. Yeah. at various I, points. I also think that by having that kind of Kylo Ren, um, excuse a wrestling term, face term, so when he turns, like, looks like he looks like he's going to be a good guy, mm. and then to walk back on that, it's like that. that's already set up something that everyone thought was going to happen in the third one. Like yeah. I, everyone watched the first one and goes... Redemption art, come here. Redemption yeah. art, come in. Oh, he's just killed a oh. uh, He's no, probably going to be a redemption. And then that's built up in this yeah, one again. Yeah, really like, oh, strongly. Just, yeah, and I, then he walks back on it. Yeah. But he walks back on it and you're like, well, now nine is in a bit of a narrative. Kind of, it can't yeah. do the same well, thing yeah, but twice. Aren't we now in a position where there's the First Order is headed by Kylo Ren, mm. 
It's so nerdy, right? The liking the film is a really like you have to really engage with the nerdiness yeah. of gold. Yeah. You're First in the order is, is a sort of fairly pure thing. You know what the resistance is. A lot of these questions are answered, so it can just be something else. And the, even the fact that it's set like five minutes after the end of the last one <laughs> really does feel like someone said, right, we need to before we can go any further, we need yeah, to sort yeah. this stuff out. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, yeah, I agree. I think when I've, I've walked out the screen. Uh, so many people were like, asking questions. I was like, oh, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? They've given all their opinions. And when I walked out, I was like, I'm not sure. Because I didn't know what I thought of it until I th thought about yeah. it and yeah. sat down, wrote down some stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, I really did enjoy it. And I, I was totally sucked into quite a lot of the theories. I didn't watch any of the trailers. Only the first teaser one. But I, I read a lot, of, a lot of things to do with Rebels or maybe this character's this character and we don't know. Because yeah. yeah. it's years on, but we, we sort yeah. of like, we kept it to ourselves, obviously. But uh, when I walked out, I was like, eh, none of this was sort of, none of this was addressed. But then I was like, hang on, no, that was just in my head. Mm. It didn't yeah. have to be addressed. Yeah. That was Absolutely. things that I wanted to happen. And I think that's what a lot of people have been sucked into. Mm. They've yeah. been, oh, this I wanted this to happen and it didn't, so it's awful. You I know think what I mean? we, we did not know who the Emperor was. Of Return of the Jedi. We did not have a detailed backstory when no, he pops no. up in, <coughs> in Return of the Jedi. He was, like, obviously, it gets filled in laboriously <laughs> in the prequels, but like, so Snoke didn't have to be Anything. someone else. No. Like, no, he's a more, but it comes back to that, that, the original Star Wars thing. He's a more intriguing character, and it is more interesting if the answers are not like he was someone from the prequels. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a, just a more interesting film. I mean, I kind of felt with The Force Awakens that it left too much of the interesting stuff it suggested, right? It felt mm. like there was a much more interesting film that happened before The Force Awakens, yeah. and then there was this sort of yeah. retread of A New Hope, which was perfectly entertaining, yeah. but a lot of what they were referencing had already occurred, mm -hmm. and it just was not... Like, this, was this the story yeah. we needed to build? And again, the interesting thing about this one is it tells that story mm. in this really lovely sort of Rashomon-like structure of mm. what happened with Luke, who remembers what, how do they remember it differently before you eventually circle round to the truth. Mm. And I really love that it's doing that. So on the one hand, the whole film seems to take place over about a day. And on the other hand, it's ranging back in time and over the, the entire history of the Jedi is sort mm. of resolved in yeah. that period of time. But it's, there's still something very clever about the structure. There's something very clever about this very narrow window of time where these, and I, I really love flashbacks where you go and you see different versions of the same thing. There's three of those embedded in. Then the Luke storyline is taking place over a longer period of time, but you don't really realize that. That Ray's obviously been on that island for quite for, a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple of months probably. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it handles all of that very elegantly, really. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's actually a much more complex structure than it appears to be, because mm. it appears just yeah. like a dash. Yeah, I agree. You know? And even that's an, inter an interesting narrative choice for a Star Wars film to make, yeah. just a chase. There's a chase sequence yeah. in the middle yeah. of yeah. a very slow chase. I think as well as what they introduced, the, the greyness of this film, with Luke being very sort of dejected after everything, and essentially being yeah. like, we don't own the Force. It's not ours, it's yeah. not theirs, it's nobody's, it's everybody's. Like, they, they we're not special, anyone can be special. And then having Rey have unimportant parents, it's just like, again, is reinforcing that yeah. you don't have to have a bloody destiny. You don't have to come from uber parents in order to be an uber person. Like, you don't need any of that. It's just anyone can do any of this stuff um, if you... Yeah, I mean, I mean, as mean, as much as I don't particularly enjoy the story arc of Finn and Rose in this, it makes sense to, me. to bring no, I, I, to bring yeah. in the like the younglings almost in that mm -hmm. sense at the end of the film with the the child and, yeah. and that enforces that that now we're probably going to see Ray be like yeah. bring up her own like she's got a mentor other people yeah. 
And the, 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 again, the, the only reason I don't like the story out between those two is, is I think it's, it's really CGI heavy, and I don't know if yeah. I like where they go mm. in that yeah. bit because I don't see the purpose of the Benicio del Toro's character. No. No, I think that I whole think sequence is great because I <clears> always like the wretched hive of scum and villainy being just like a pub in New Hope yeah. is yeah. fine, but then the fact that you see it from it's actually it's rich people, this yeah. hive of scum yeah. and villainy of here is the people who are profiting off people the, the, the dying one that I, and murder. This I, is like yeah. a class thing, and these yeah. like the rebels are completely uninvolved. Oh, it's, I, it's, it's starting to suggest as well that all of this is happening in one bit of the galaxy. Yeah. Something There's else a load of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They, you don't even know about they it. They just live in other lives. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, because there was, a, you know, with the Del Toro character, there was a bit of a, you know, for five minutes, and it was a bit like, you know, it's, hey, everybody's the man, you know what yeah. I mean? Everybody buys guns, everybody wants to shoot everybody yeah. else. And I don't know, I mean... I think that was kind it's of... It's a bit shoehorned in, but... It, I didn't, it was very irrational, yeah, where it's just like, there are no okay. good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone is... Everyone can be yeah. good, everyone could be bad, but... Maybe I'm just sour after you know, watching you so get many all the <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I don't know, I think it hints that there's going to be some more moral questioning uh, yeah. about that, and very much so with Ray as well, the fact that, you know, she's like, sees the dark side, mm-hmm. or whatever, perceived to be the dark side of the Force, yeah. and is kind of seduced by it a little bit, and I... I I like that. It was interesting. With Ray, we had a bit of a Jungian dark side versus the the more absolute good and bad. Where hers, the the dark is just the shadow within herself, which Mm. is her own doubts, her own insecurities, which it probably always was. But it got the mirror scene. Yeah, the infinite mirror scene, where it's just like the only evil in you is just you. In a weird space cave. (laughs) Yeah, there's no outside force (laughs) making people evil. It's just people choosing to be evil for whatever reason. One of my genuine criticisms was that. Uh, Luke made such a good convincing argument through his arc about the fact that the Force does not Jedi. Yeah. Jedi is a stupid idea. Like was, he made such a good argument that when he does his like big speech where he is like, when he does the whole like, um, I will not be the last Jedi, mm-hmm. and like you're not supposed to be like, yeah, Luke's back, but you're like, oh, but that does feel like a bit of a regression. You were making <laughs> a, you were making a great point about like, yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I got goosebumps. I was still absolutely, but afterwards I was like. Oh, <laughs> is it, does it leave us then with that? This, I mean, my, my sense is that they press this very mild reset button where <laughs> it's well, they're just whatever we say they are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they're whatever. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be JJ Abrams, but um, <laughs> yeah. they're whatever we, you know, it can be anything really. Because Kylo's not a Sith, they've been very, they've made yeah. a they've, def, they've avoided the Darth thing, yeah. haven't they, with him yeah. for whatever she's reason. She's not Sith, she's not yeah. Jedi. What they're yeah. doing is creating new, where yeah. it's just like, it's not so much like, only these people can be this thing. Instead, yeah. they're kind of opening it up where it's just like, well, anyone yeah. can be force, yeah, yeah. force sensitive, it, can tap into this. To dip into the extended universe. Yeah. yeah, the Sith is like another religion thing, isn't it? And mm-hmm. now they are dark Jedi, in yeah. inverted commas, which yeah. I think is just like another way. Yeah. There's so many ways. Yeah. Of the, the the one bit that we could link it back to that with with Force Awakens is JJ set up that Kylo might have this Darth Vader past thing and then within about ten minutes is it shut down with Kylo just completely destroying his helmet because they just take the mick out of him which I was so happy for because that's what bugged me in Force mm. Awakens is he was such a petulant whiny child like I love his that. his so cross good. guard on his lightsaber his all like I'm Darth Vader like he's such a kid trying to be like oh I'm so evil that's that amazing sense. I always yeah. love that I always <laughs> love that that he's such a like, triad. Like that, from the back, it's got the triangle thing that looks like yeah. Vader's thing. What are you doing? I always thought it would have made more sense though, if he'd have taken off that helmet at the end and he would have been a 17 year old kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he looks it's really It's weird young. that he's 35. But he looks young. So I remember yeah. first awakening when he did take the helmet off. I'm like, get fucking 
kid. They, like, play, they, they do play that as a reveal because yeah. she's like, because you're some hideous creature behind a mask, and, and then he like, slowly takes it off, and I'm you're like, like is he going to be? Yeah, it's just a bloke. It's Adam Driver. Yeah, he's looking really young. I, 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 um, I think he's. He's my MVP from both of them. Yeah, I think I he's think so. awesome all the way through. I mean, Daisy Ridley's role for me, but... <laughs> yeah, she's just great. I think she's, do, you want, do you want to introduce her? Yeah, uh, so we've just been joined here by Matthew Jones, who's uh, finally been able to come in with us. Uh, thank you, Matt, for making it. It's fine. I'm sorry I'm late. That's uh, right. Uh, so you're just in time for this fun question. Um, so the series has been through a series of changes, acquisitions, retcons, um, and with all of that in mind, do you think that it has the future that Disney kind of has planned for it, or is the magic going to slowly die? Is it already dying, Ooh. or is it fine? We've kind of touched on, it's got television shows, it's got comics, it had novels that got retconned, and now it has new novels, it's got video games, it's got role-playing games. Like you, you, James, you talked about how rich the world was and how mm. this has been tapped into for so many of these things. Is it dying because of all of these tappings, or is it making well, it think, more rich? I think they've always sustained it. I, yeah. mean, I, I think the, the, the truth about Star Wars is that um, there were two good movies, <laughs> then there were a lot of movies that were, mm. you know, <laughs> like variable in quality depending on how old you were and how engaged you were. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I, I like, I did, I, yeah, I have very mixed feelings about The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Which you know I could enjoy for what it was, but found very disappointing. I yeah. saw it with Matt actually yeah. on first release. I quite liked Rogue One, but again recognised that it was a quite a flawed movie, while at the same time getting a lot of pleasure out of it because it was much closer to what I guess I'd always wanted Star Wars to be. Mm. And then I really liked Last Jedi, which I know you didn't no. so much. Yeah. But in the interim, then so my takeaway is Star Wars has never really delivered on its promise. Mm. You know, it has had this promise of this rich universe and quite epic mythic kind of fantastical possibility mm-hmm. that it never is quite delivered on. Often the trailers deliver on it better than the films. You know, the trailers are really rousing. Yeah. And you watch the films and think, oh man, but maybe if it hadn't been him and it had been her. <laughs> so this was the first time that I hadn't had that feeling watching mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, that I found that actually did have that sort of epic quality mm-hmm. that I was looking for from the film. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What bothered me most about The Last Jedi was how small scale it felt. Um, ah, really? It was a group of people running away from some other people and then in the end they ran away from them. And that was the whole narrative <laughs> yeah. of the film. It was so minute in its scope. Um, it really, I mean, 90% of the film was stuff happening elsewhere that ultimately had no effect. Mm. So all of... Um, uh, Finn's story had no consequence whatsoever. They went off, they had a race on some giant eared bat lions through Monte Carlo for some reason. Um, then they you know, went off and found some sort of gambler and they went onto a ship and tried to get through a lock and in the end they got caught and so their plan failed. Yeah, we were just saying, we'd all really like that sense that almost nothing works. None of the heroic actions in the film have any great meaning or significance. But what that means is when you boil it down to it, there is no plot to this film. Um, It's introduced with, oh, oh, the rebels are on the run, the rebels are on the run from these guys. If the rebels weren't on the run in that specific point, if they weren't kind of just running away from that one ship or that kind of group of ships, if if that hadn't been in the, the opening crawl to the film then the entire film would have no purpose whatsoever. Because at the end, the only thing that's really advanced is, yeah, they got away. 
Like, okay, so, so yeah. Skywalker dies or turns into a piece of cloth. Into Whatever the it is that happens to <laughs> yeah. him happens, but it's kind of immaterial because he doesn't really serve a function in the narrative anyway. He doesn't train Rey. That isn't what happens. Mm. He has two conversations with her in, in a cave. Um, and in the end, she's supposed to have learned the lessons or something. I don't really know what they were going for with that. Um, then... Yeah, then he dies, and that's kind of his entire function in in the narrative done and dusted. And then in in after that, the ships fly away, and they're not in danger anymore. So the entire plot is resolving that very tiny knot of will they get away or will they not get away? And in the end, they get away. Yeah, it's so in small in scope. Well, see, I mean, I don't want to repeat myself, but I guess my the alternative take that I had was that I was surprised how limited it felt in terms of the time it was taking place mm. and the, the sort of narrative progression yeah. that you get mm. in the film but I felt that within that it ranges through this much bigger more complex set of things happening but I think it really depends on how engaged you are yeah. with those things yeah, yeah. Right? so for me having these different visions of what had happened to shape Luke and Kylo Ren's past and eventually coming to the truth was quite profound and, and made The Force Awakens much better and gave us much more insight into the way this world is constructed and at the same time having this these almost huge debates about what the force is and how the force is drawn, what it means, what all of this means, what is the role of the Jedi. In that, I don't know what, the three weeks they're on the little island, and the, the, the two days they're running, right, however that time is structured, that's resolved. And we go from Luke being this distant, mysterious figure to someone who ultimately has this, this huge showdown mm. Uh, just in some backwater, you know, in some some little some little moment in the rebellion, this huge moment happens. So I think if you're involved in it, it, it felt to me like it was doing things like always, and, and even is Ray and is Ray going to be bad? Is Finn going to Finn? Yeah. Kylo Ren going to be good? It, it felt to me that all of that was being resolved in this tiny moment, while at the same time a lot of the questions that the Force Awakens have asked kind of being answered very decisively in quite interesting ways but it, you know it's how much you care about that yeah. story see I didn't feel like anything was really being resolved I felt like they asked some half-assed questions in the first half is Kylo Ren good no he's not he's still bad oh, is Rey evil really no she's be. not she's still good <laughs> like nothing advanced and as for the giant confrontation that felt minute to me um, there was a few bits where they skittered around in some skates for a while and that that was fine, like I thought that looked pretty. Um, but then the giant confrontation between um, Skywalker and, and, and Kylo Ren doesn't advance anything. They have a small chat and then it, they, they kind of go their separate ways. It's not as if Kylo Ren then has a new mission to go and hunt down and kill. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't give them either something to do in the next film. And I think for me the real problem there <coughs> is that I don't know what the next film's going to mm. do because I there is that, nowhere that's else. That's what we like about it. Yeah. 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 I think, I think yeah. the whole film is about failure. Like Finn's mission fails. Like Poe's Poe's storyline is turns out that we all uh, on think is a is, is a failure. And I think like the whole Luke's journey, like that whole talk he has with Yoda, which yeah. is yeah. awesome. Uh, was yeah. to was Ruined pretty much just being morning. like being like just like it, it, you know it's always going to happen it, yeah. it, it, it go, what happens goes beyond you mm-hmm. and I, so Luke's showdown for me and I said this earlier and I went in there for the first screening I wanted Luke to put, start pulling 
Star Destroyers from the Sky. I really wanted a huge moment with Luke. I wanted a flashback where you actually get to see him, you know, as a full trained, like like Jedi. But um, I thought that moment that was just such a good moment where he just creates a a story like after his kind of earlier in the film dismissal of his own legend, saying the legend Luke Skywalker failed, to create this new legend about and you see the kids playing with the figures about Luke standing in front of the in front of the resistance and that how that could potentially you know kind of him embracing his legend despite his failures as a person mm-hmm. i thought oh, that was really really interesting it took me a second ago to be like actually that is a way that is a much better way of doing it than what i personally wanted which was again like Epic carnage <laughs> yeah <laughs> just carnage on a huge scale but even i think the twist is well layered like when the when poe decides that there must be another exit out of the cave because luke's just turned up mm-hmm. and when they go it's a dead end okay. and Luke's still there and I did not click at that time but how did Luke get in Luke pulls out a lightsaber to fight Kylo that we had just seen destroyed two scenes ago he pulls yeah, out his yeah, blue yeah, lightsaber there's, no, there's nothing like that like I, uh, it was a well executed the only person he touches is later who obviously they have this connection with and I just thought actually that is thematically sensible it gives the kind of set, the sense of spectacle I was looking for you know when he gets shot and does his little shoulder dust off <laughs> things like that it was all there and thematically it did tie in with the rest of the mm. other stories if you boil it down to the basics of the characters as well every single character develops in some way or not like like we said the the main characters per uh, Ray um, Finn all, all of theirs fail like Ray doesn't obviously get Kylo Ren to come back yeah. to, to the good side John Boyega's kind of adventure off with Rose fails <laughs> Poe's plan to take over fails, but they all they all learn. They yeah. all learn. Finn, to an extent, now has this thing going on with with Rose, which originally seems like it was going to be him and Ray. Ray's now going to create her own, what potentially isn't Jedi's, but her own. Yeah, her I kind own of even hope that doesn't happen. So yeah. no. yeah, you know, I really yeah. want like this one. I came out of thinking, well, I wasn't expecting it to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't expecting yeah. it to do that. I wasn't expecting it to go in that. And I want to come out of the next yeah. one. With their, frankly, with their not being Jedi and stuff like that. That's what I really want. You know, we want, we want another yeah, Clone Wars battle. No, nowhere. So much of the, the prequels is about providing answers that you don't want. Yeah. 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 So I, questions I, you didn't yeah. really ask. Yeah. And right? I think um, th- this is a middle film was doing what a middle film needed to do. It mm. progressed from A to B, so we've got a new point. But also, it, it allowed those characters to grow because they were at like a sort of stuck point. They needed to resolve those issues. Whether it was clear or not, it was clearly fuzzy in most fans' minds, and now it's a bit clearer. Yeah. Where it's like, and, and no one is actually gone to the extreme. Where it's like, Kylo Ren isn't evil, he's just different. Like, it, he's not dark side evil, Pretty instead he's... But he's not snow evil. He's, he wanted to be something different. He's like, no, we don't need this. We can do something better. And yeah. it, it's diluted and it's wrong, but he's doing something it's, different. Rey isn't going to be another Luke Skywalker, because she just saw him fail her. So she's like, screw you, I'll do better. Okay. Did she even get to see his... It's, no, she doesn't. Yeah. She, feels like <laughs> she feels he's gone and that's it. And it's just like, all of these characters um, and the film... Instead of going from like clear to clearer, they're just all decided to be a bit more gray, but also they're kind of deciding, I will make my decision, I'm going to do this with my life. And we'll see what that actually amounts to. In that I, think, see, I just feel like we were watching completely different movies. <laughs> I think it is down to Jim's point about um, the fact that perhaps I'm just much less invested in it. So there's mm. very, very minor character beats that seem to me yeah, very I don't, minor. I don't think the character beats are that big. Okay, that's good. Maybe that's, we're it's, watching it's not, I, I don't necessarily think. You know, I think you can read into 
I think there's something with Luke mm. that there's obviously something where he's a very different character to where you left him and uh, you know it's neat that he's bloody miserable and, yeah. and that, that, the <laughs> first, his first action to throw that lightsaber away is a great bit of storytelling um, and, and he does clearly go on this very clearly signpost sort of journey mm. that makes a lot of sense and destroying all the je- if essentially the entire history of the Jedi is destroyed by Luke but and then isn't. reconstituted <laughs> as something slightly different later on. That's great. I think with, with Rey, it's still very much first steps because yeah. it isn't very long that's passed. Yeah. And the same with Finn and, and Rose. You know, we may feel that they develop, but for me it's more this sense of the film moves us in into interesting directions and possibilities and like I say, answers a lot of questions that I kind of had, or resolves a lot of issues yeah. that I kind of had. And my sense of it being epic is it, much more iconographic mm. than it is narrative. Well, you know, yeah, there's yeah. something absolutely remarkable about those scenes of Luke standing in the dust with mm. the Atat walkers and things arrayed in front of him. It really yeah. captures that, it really has a sense of scale. And even that wonderful moment where, you know, you, and you could talk about plot motivation and things like that. Oh, the ship is like space and so goes silent and it looks incredible. And, and you, you know, my wife came out saying, what happened to all the people on Snoke's ship, right? Because there's plot, and there's plot stuff as there is with every movie. But it's just whether you get carried along with it or not. Yeah, that's Kevin Smith. Media isn't it? Last night, that there were two moments in the film that I yeah, yeah, unreservedly yeah. enjoyed, and those are the two. Mm. It's the um, the fight on the salt flat with the the red earth beneath. Yeah, yeah, look, it's great, beautiful, great yeah. aesthetic and choices. And the um, the, <coughs> the light speed warp through the fleet, which has that really so surreal so moment. Yeah. 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 And actually, yeah. I'd add to that a third, side, which yeah. is the, um, the 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 mirror sequence with the cliff. Yeah, that's brilliant. Which was didn't make a lot of sense, but was beautiful. But do you um, need them to? I mean, I, th- I think the problem is we, we start to try and once you start to unpick it on story terms, mm-hmm. it's easy enough to unpick. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> all films, but most films are, and it's just whether you've been drill- drawn along to the point where those things yeah. don't yeah. matter to you, or the pleasure you're getting out of it is, you know, different, or you think, no, no, that's not a problem. For me, that worked, mm-hmm. right? So I would say the sequence in. Canto Bight, I know all the names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always know the Space names. Monte Carlo. <laughs> you know, on the one hand, it, it's a narrative dead end. Yeah. But frankly, I don't care. Yeah. Right? I don't care that it's a narrative dead end because I enjoyed the longers. And there was that moment where I thought, you know, is this getting too far away from what the hell is supposed to be going on in this? Because it, it, although it's structured very similar to Mad Max Fury Road, it doesn't have that film yeah. sense of pace. Yeah. You know, it does occasionally. You know, and, and actually, for me, Star Wars has always been about the longers. It's always been about those moments where you sort of fill in the gaps of the universe and instead we get this weird aside where they are trying to find this guy, they see him, but because they're illegally parked, they get arrested <laughs> and they meet someone else. Then there's this thing that, that is completely consistent with the rest of the film about uh, animal welfare. Yeah. There's loads of stuff in it about vegetarianism and animal welfare. Which And you know, I love it when films, they're clearly coming up with themes that you, had, you were not expecting them to come up with. Right? And one of them is, you know, we've really got to be keen on animal welfare and shouldn't imprison animals, we shouldn't eat them, we should make sure we follow them because they know what they're doing, we don't know. That's what, what the that's hell? fine, though. Yeah, yeah. 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 perfectly. It's the one <laughs> very dark bit, though, when Chewie's sat there with, like... Yeah. The, the, the He's looking, and I think that's why it's on his dash in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. He's decided to haunt Chewie for the rest of his day. <laughs> yeah. Think about it like in, re- in retribution for the death of his parents. If Chewbacca doesn't eat it, then he's just hunting them for sport. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, at that point, you gotta commit. Like, yeah, exactly. Gotta, it is going to Jurassic World themes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. I think, like, when it comes to the story, I think it's sort of like 
changing dials ever so slightly and sliding. It, it's all sort of like they're, they're very small things. Mm. Like at the end, um, when uh, Kylo Ren picks up the, basically like mm. the space fuzzy dice yeah. um, <laughs> from the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> yeah. and they disappear. It's like that's like. The, like the solo side of him's left him. Mm. Like his family's left him. He's sort of like he's unlocked his true dark side, which you don't see in this one, I don't think. But I think. Do you think they'll ever do that? I don't know. Like I just I'm, always think they're always going to walk back from him going full emperor style. Mm, like, yeah. so. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't want Same. him to be clear black. I um, want that great exit. I started thinking that Snoke was going to snuff it about five minutes, that's yeah. the technical term, about five <laughs> minutes before he did, not out of any great guesswork, but because he was becoming over the top and the more you saw him, the more uninterested. Yeah. 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 Aside from sure. that one shot of yeah. the lightsaber moving and I thought, Ooh, yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great because again, Snoke fits into the Emperor category. Like, we don't know that much about him if we ignore the prequels, but he becomes so, like, thinks he's God's gift almost. Yeah. That he forgets something so simple. I hated him in The Force Awakens. Yeah. So I remember thinking, like, God, poor old Ryan Johnson must put a list of things he's got to change. On top yeah. of that list is Snoke comes, Chief Commander Snoke, whatever yeah. he's called. Because I just hated yeah. everything. Like, there's a mysterious guy with a hood trying to protect the yeah. really even like Space Voldemort and I thought that's what he is yeah. and yeah. what's interesting yeah. is how much this film starts to graft on bits of Harry Potter yeah. and bits of Lord of the Rings oh, yeah. onto yeah. Star Wars so, which again I thought was a choice I liked um, the, that cave sequence the, the oh, way the, the, the mirror of Beresford magical floating layer yeah, a lot of magical <laughs> a lot of the fact oh, that it's magic yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, straight up was yeah. magic yeah. It, it is going very much for this is magic now yeah. and I think that's um I mean, that's going to annoy a lot of people. Um, yeah. Not me in particular. I have no real attachment to the early Star Wars yeah. films, uh, either the early ones or the early, early ones. Um, I, they never really did it for me. So I guess this is where I'm coming from when I say I'm not particularly wedded to the world. But I did think, gosh, you know, if, if you're taking um, what many people have thought of as a science fiction story, whether it is actually mm. a science fiction story it's space or space fantasy. Yeah. 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 But then suddenly saying, no, actually, it's, it's full of magic. Mm. Like, people are blasted out into space, and rather than having their, run, their lungs ripped out in the vacuum, they, they hover they a bit yeah. and then they start flying and then she's Superman for a bit I still like, liked it though so yeah. I know it's stupid I know it's the thing the force develops itself so we see all these characters yeah. that have done stuff with the force that we've never seen before I, I think that scene is dumb but at the same time <laughs> I was really happy to see yeah. Leia do something off. with the force because yeah. yeah. they keep saying yeah. oh she's just she's as powerful as Luke but you never see it like all the way in Return of Jedi uh, uh, sorry End of Empire it's oh there is another who could take on Vader she's just as powerful all she's done is that any time someone's died she's like gone ooh on a table like, <laughs> <laughs> she's had a bit of a moment she had a bit of a wobble but and the it's like is she only did that and that was it that was that was her done with being force awesome she did nothing else after that to, oh, but it's a T that's it though awesome. it's a T it's, it's like a, that is her like on an instinctive level mm. doing that and I thought it looked daft and I thought yeah. and I, I wasn't Mary like Poppins. yeah, yeah. Yes. that's what I thought that, I wasn't like I wasn't like <gasps> in like a like when Kylo and Ray jumped up back to back with a lightsaber yeah. I was yeah. like that yes was this yeah. is that great sequence was uh, but great. when Leia yeah. eyes opened I was more like yeah, yeah. yeah. we had one, one of yeah. the best but deaths in that uh, sequence with the capture the lightsaber yeah. and just bang oh yeah when he just turns it on and yeah. off yeah, yeah. 
That's a very 12A way of moving. For me, all of this was failure, all of it. Like, um, it just, it looked ridiculous when it was doing pure on magic. Um, It just looked silly. For me, the best bits were visual, though. It it was all of those kind of love. Even the um, Snoke's red chamber. Just beautiful. And the choreography of that that fight sequence, the chamber burned, was beautiful. Mm. Where she uses that chain link weapon where somebody wraps around it. So yeah. Those sequences yeah. are just stunning, and they sit alongside the other beautiful ones we talked about earlier. So there's a lot of visual success in here. Like it, it's in parts a very beautiful film, and in parts a ridiculously ugly film. Um, like Leia floating through space is unforgivably ugly. Um, there are lots of bits in it where you're looking at it, going, "Okay, so what am I meant to be looking oh, again, at here?" Again, they're quite bold narrative choices. Yeah. What about the iron that looks like a spaceship? Oh, oh that, was <laughs> that was so cheeky. My, my housemate next to me. He's just like, it is. Even that is a strange, there's still strange choices and strange, jarring shifts of tone Mm. that make it a slightly more interesting story. Interesting in its messiness, right? I don't don't see it as messy. I see it having a sort of certain kind of quite distinct and self-contained vision. But it's just that, you know. Particularly for me, the comedy, the way the comedy was used in it was just jarring. It had to make it family friendly. It had to be there to just I wouldn't say that all of the jokes are family friendly. No, okay, they were. Some Some of them are very dark. There is is a your mum joke right at the beginning that made me kind of go, ooh. It was that moment that I thought, I'm going to love this. That was the moment that I checked out. The first few minutes where I thought, so it starts with a weird FaceTime gone wrong yeah. and a your mum joke. Yeah. Then it's a Second World War thing, mm-hmm. right? Then it's and then it's back with even Leah. Although on the one hand I recognise that it's dumb, really dumb. I still thought, no, she's not. No way. I thought she died. And they kept on having that. You know, it's great that they keep on making the choice. No, Carrie Fisher's died. Yeah. It's very sad. Mm. They kept on making the choice to keep her alive. I think that's a great decision because yeah. even in the trailers it gives the hint that oh she's 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 out of this, but, and which which I think is very bold to keep her in it. It's obviously going to be kind of to an extent that Per now steps in and she takes a step back. They're going to resurrect her. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that. The family have already. I really, I really hope. Keep our fingers crossed that Laura Dern does not step into her place. Laura Dern has no place anywhere. She's terrible. People come back from the dead in this film now. Okay, like death is no longer the end. What we didn't see was she forced back. Kind of trajectory within the film of him learning to become a, a proper leader is great because yeah. obviously we we don't know how much of this was reshot or redone or rethought I when when I, did, I didn't which I think in, it's very more jarring in Rogue One that you can very much see where they've chopped and changed bits and I, I think this one takes a, a, a very easier arc and. The fact that Poe will more than likely step into this role is great, and I'm really glad they didn't, they didn't kill her off. I'm fascinated that they obviously had an easy out, that they sat in that yeah, room and said, we've got an easy out. We, yeah. just, we well, see no, it they happen. didn't have an easy out, because that's like, what, a half an hour into the film or so? Mm-hmm. But they could easily have had her do the, the Laura Dern thing. Yeah, yeah. then Laura Dern would have They still keep her going. Yeah, right, that, that's, again, it just, it just started to do not... Not big things. You but see, it's it's fans online say it really changes styles. It's unexpected, mm. and it you know it, they aren't that big. Yeah. Change, but it just makes enough choices. I think if you're 
if you have felt the other films have been quite beholden to a certain kind of structure and a certain mm. set of events that must occur and keeping fans happy, that actually it's, it's willing to not make though, exactly those obvious choices. And sometimes I think that can be disappointing, very short period of time, you know, etc. All the plot lines are largely fa failures. Even that's an empire thing. Yeah. You know, that's an empire thing. The empire is about they can't start the hyperdrive, they just bum around yeah. trying to escape. That's the entirety of Empire. Yeah. Han Solo gets mm. killed at the all like mm. frozen at the end. And <laughs> the rebellion and then they destroy. You yeah. know, essentially they piss off after that, right? But, but even that one's clever. Sorry, uh, that one's clever in the sense that obviously we all know Harrison Ford didn't want to continue in this, and it's clever in Five that they they, they froze him in case we can bring him back. Yeah. We might not do, yeah. which kind of what they've done with later to an extent. We don't know how what they're going to do. Yeah. If, if, I will be pretty disappointed if JJ just decides that she's quickly mentioned and then that's it. I think there'll be a time jump and they'll just mention maybe in the scroll yeah, or something. I, I yeah. But you, you never know. No. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very much glad that they didn't do this whole, oh, we're going to like pay respect to Carrie Fisher. I mean, I loved the sequence where R2 popped up the, yeah. the which was blatantly obvious. I knew that was coming. But the the fact that they didn't oh, no, have I this, didn't. Okay. I, I thought that was so Luke obvious, on full Kenobi which was great, point. which he was great. The kick in the butt. And I thought, I thought, I thought it'd be Obi Wan coming back rather than Yoda. I, th mm. I thought that would have no. potentially made it more had sense. It to be Yoda because I think he. It, I was so pleased they brought back puppet Yoda and not graphic Yoda <laughs> yeah, because that was a very good choice. But also, I think he he kind of gets the last laugh. Not only did they get to thwack his his old apprentice again on the head because he needed it. But he encapsulates what you were saying. It's all about failure. He emphasizes, like, Ray needs to learn how to fail. This is an important yeah. thing you need to learn. <clears throat> and he also gets the last laugh because he burned down the tree that had no books in it. Um, <laughs> so Luke's sitting there being like, oh, no, you burned the whole... No, Ray nicked him earlier. It's fine. You just don't know it. And Yoda's just like, me, 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 me. I know I think that Yoda came back because they can sell more Yoda toys than they can... Um, Obi Wan Kenobi oh. toys. Isn't that cool. why all of it? Which, yeah. which <laughs> Isn't that why the whole film exists? I don't think it's about learning to fail at all. Because ultimately, uh, Ray doesn't fail in the space of what about ten weeks or so since back. the start of the last one. She's gone from some woman to some sort of super ninja who can dance around the place. She, she, she fails at getting into Luke, the moon. She fails getting bent. She's she she's a super ninja by the end of it. She um she's had no formal Jedi training and suddenly she can take yeah, not just a rock but a whole landslide. Yeah. and not only lift it but actually cause it to float around in beautiful it's, patterns it's around their heads it's an interesting switch because you know in, in the original Star Wars films they can't actually do that much with the force no. you know the force is like you can make you know, like so come towards you and you sort of know if your mate's been killed that's about it that's what the force is and then in the prequels like whoa they can do anything Space they can just do anything right they can jump like 500 feet <laughs> yep. they Space can do anything and then um, in The Force Awakens the force again is much less of a thing. Like mm -hmm. you know, it's an interesting choice that Kylo Ren can't do that stuff. Mm. And in this one, it it's a weird mix of it's much bigger. It's full on magic now, mm. and well, they're still not exactly superheroes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it it, it, it it tries to make it bigger again. But I suppose that whole my whole sense of Star Wars has never delivered on its promise. Is especially the Force Awakens was sold on that it was going to be a more magical almost fairy tale like version of star wars you know it was going to be something a bit more mystical mm. than perhaps we'd seen that was my sense from the trailers with all the you know the woods and kylo mm. ren and the force and things and actually what you get is a very entertaining sort of space movie that's yeah. got issues right tends 
Oh, not, it's not very committed to telling its own story, no. right, and stuff like that. And then with The Last Jedi, again, for all the fact that it, some of it was kooky stuff, mm. it commits to this, this sense that the Force is mystical. Mm -hmm. They're like ghosts and all sorts we, of crazy we stuff. We knew about the Force ghosts. Whether you want to go there. They're not new. Another. We know well, about the Force ghosts. That's it. Like, people, could comp people have complained about this one, that it does new stuff with the Force. Like, people are We've using... People are using that. Yeah. Well, no, because the astral projection stuff, I think, is mm. different. That but is new. Yeah, I think... You could have had the same complaints in Empire when mm. Ghost Obi Wan walked up. Like you'd be like, that wasn't in the first one. He couldn't yeah. do that. And where was he? It's the best force. That's so. I do think there is that kind of Har Harrison Ford says it best in Force mm. Awakens when he says, "That's not how the Force works." Yeah. Well, my complaint isn't that now they can do anything. My complaint is that um, it's accelerating. Yeah. Right. So she has had no Jedi training. Look at Luke in the on the swamps of Dagobah. Right? I know some names too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Luke in the swamps of Dagobah takes forever to learn anything. It's very slow he has to go through a really rigorous training process he spends a long time with Yoda there Ray has had no training really she had a chat with, with Luke and yeah, but you don't know how much time has passed on that island the, the film is playing little games with time yeah well, okay, I think also you've got different still, people. Even right? since the start, since the start of the Force Awakens to now, it can't have been that long if you piece the narrative together. So she can't have been on that island for a very long time. I think you're talking a couple of months, realistically. But even and she's most, gone yeah. to. I, they're different people. But it's cheating on its own. Yoda was breaking Luke down and trying to get him <laughs> to stop thinking the Force was something that it wasn't and to stop doubting himself. Like that's what Yoda was trying to get Luke to do. Ray didn't have that. Her issues was just coming to terms in, with her parents of wanting to be told, like, you're something special, even though she already was. So they both innately I, already had okay, all so of that. I agree with Matt. Does it take you now to master the Force? I agree with like, Matt. How long do you oh, think I, it takes? I think it varies, because I think with the, with the scene at the end, with the, um, with the youngling, basically, mm -hmm. yeah, um, Force pulling the broom towards yeah. him. I personally, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really like, personally like that bit. No, um, but I think, it's, I think it's sort of like, it's, it's truly showing, like, it's the faith you have in the force. It's not right, the like just, the we, skill. We do exactly what the film does. I was yeah. making stuff up. Right. Right. I like, think I agree with Matt. The there is a there is a Ray problem, and I think yeah. the problem. But the, I do not think it is Ryan Johnson's problem. I think no. it's JJ Abrams. <laughs> problem. I, agree. I think that when he started off a film with a character who could talk droid, yeah. Wookie, yeah. fly the Millennium Falcon better than we've ever seen before in our lives yeah. uh, use the force to outwit Kylo Ren mm -hmm. and then beat him in combat yeah. and then fly off at the end yeah. you're kind of left in a narrative with no training at all she didn't yeah. even know what a Jedi was you're left in a in a bit of a pickle in terms of you can't depower that character yeah. and I think this film uh, at least by having those Luke scenes rationalises it a bit just because you you finally get that but so for me I agree that Ray's overpoweredness is a Problem. Yeah, she's not. It's just you don't. Know, yeah. She's not overall. The, the other thing is how we don't know how long she's kind of not obviously the force, but the other elements messed about on Jakku when she's got nothing really else to yeah, do. Yeah, she's surviving. Be, be, on because the, the, there is that sequence where she stood practicing and then picks up the lightsaber. Yeah. So she just applies. So how do we know that she's not just sat on Jakku doing right, that so for Becky days on end? Becky and I had a similar conversation on the walk home from the cinema last night, where I was raising all sorts of problems, and Becky was saying, "Well, it could be that. It could be this. It could be <laughs> something." That's not the film. Yeah. That's not the film. That's not the story that's being told here. That's the story that you're telling me. That's the story that Becky mm -hmm. told me last night. But it's That's whether you're. I think, as with a lot of films, it's whether you're willing to. Whether that bothers you, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. you know, for I think for for a lot of us, I'm used to watching people use the force, yeah. magic yeah. lightsaber yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I don't really care if 
I can say to myself, well, I guess Ray was just very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's all, that's all yeah. I need to do. But, but, the, but I didn't yeah. even notice it as a plot hole as I'm watching it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. With me, I was just completely the, pulled along. These, Not this plot. Didn't this plot holes similar to this though in, in the other ones? In every single oh, film. Yeah. 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 But then, but then, we're not talking about little plot holes. Oh no, they're we're gaping holes. Like a whole yeah. character it's that is fundamentally problematic. But then, is it is it intentionally done so that they can expand the universe and build things around that? Yeah, I mean, so that uh, we'll now see TV series yeah. based on these that are looking back and things in in the next set of trilogies. Uh, we, we don't, we don't I want a tie-in comic book about that uh, coder guy that we're going to get on Kanto Bike yeah, that we just never picked up. There's this guy, you've got to go and get, oh man. Just in Peru. And then Lily Cole is the woman. Yeah, mm. yeah that's amazing. Yeah. I love Lily Cole. So on that note, um, I think we've kind of like Jesus, come full yeah, circuit. Lily Cole ends up things. Star Wars is, is a success because it, it allows you to have such a huge world with so many infinite possibilities that you can fill in the plot holes with like conjecture and what have you, or you can just sort of mm. fall into them and be like, what's going on here? Um, but for the most part, they tend to be entertaining films. They sell incredibly well, and they're probably not going anywhere anytime yeah. soon. Um, so thank you again, everyone, for coming and speaking with us today about Star Wars. I uh, hope you guys have a happy Christmas and New Year. Yeah, you Merry too. Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas. A big thanks to Matt, James, Stuart, Kieran, Harry, and James for speaking to me today. The Last Jedi will be at Phoenix and Molester Thursday the 14th of December through Thursday the 4th of January, excluding Christmas Day and New Year's Day. It stars Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Adam Driver, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Oscar Isaac, Gwendolyn Christie, Benicio Del Toro, and Laura Dern, and is directed by Ryan Johnson. Our thanks to co-producer Peter Simcuti and song credit to Badly Stuffed Animals for their song Vanilla Ice Cream. Hope you tune in next time for more talks on films, filmmaking, and the events happening around Phoenix Cinema Lester. Until then, happy watching.